0: One and we are recording. Hello, everybody. I'm Devin. I'm here with my good friend Sam Morris. Uh, we have been talking a little bit, and we wanted to start recording because I think we started to get onto something that's really interesting. Um, Sam, you could you could uh, tell me again the um, I just got uh, uh, the the quote that kind of started the conversation. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, my brother told me something really interesting once, and Devin, I bring it up because Devin and I both are creative guys, and we both like creative, we both uh, derive energy from that process. And my brother is the same way. And He once told me, like, in terms of content creation, like, don't cook the meal that you want to cook. Cook the meal that people want to eat. Like, give people what they want. Um, I think that's, hyper, that's been hyper-relevant in my career so far um, in just, like, understanding who my audience is And trying to serve up the best thing that I know that will be relatable to them. And there's a lot of times where like, I want to make, you know, organic souffle made out of seaweed or whatever the fuck, like, but uh, they want hamburgers and hot dogs. And, you know, unfortunately, even if hamburgers and hot dogs seem boring to me, sometimes that's important to to serve up with my audience in mind. I don't know. Like, like, how do you think that you know what what are your thoughts on that, Doug? Yeah. I mean, with respect, I wholeheartedly disagree. I heard a great one that I think is a good way of refuting it. And it was, and this was a, a quote by Henry Ford. And he said, if I would have asked the people what they want, they would have said faster horses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and I, I'm not going to go off on some crazy tangent, but, but the way that I conceptualize that at the, at least at this juncture in my life is there's kind of two operations that I can choose to go from like a, from like a mathematical standpoint, I can integrate that is to say, I can like take away my eccentricities to be more part of the herd and I can make my offerings more palatable and, and rounder on the edges and so forth, or I can differentiate. And I can go farther into what genuinely intrigues me and farther into the esoteric and farther into what gives me light and life. And and I, I, I get that there's an interesting discussion to be had because it's like what will sell better, what will get more popular acclaim, but like I just feel more driven to the to the thing that gives me passion. Like if I make a thing that I like, at least one person's going to like it. Yeah. Well, the sweet spot seems to be where you can pursue your passion, you can lean in your creativity and your eccentricities, but also find that golden, that Goldilocks zone where it actually applies to people and is relatable to people as well. And right. I feel, I feel you. I've, no? I feel you. I feel you like, not to interrupt you. I'm sorry. Oh, no, please go ahead. Just because, like, I, I, you know, as much as I say that and I think it's like, oh, you know, fucking Trump card, like, do your shit, you know, and don't pander. I think that there is a, there is an argument to be made against going too far into the um, creative space, let's call it. Like, uh, I, I this is a little bit of a non sequitur, but it makes the point. I happen to be of the opinion that the, the truest creatives, the, the, the most genius amongst us in history have been the ones that have gone through madness. Because I think that there's a... I mean that's a long that's a long explanation, but but I do believe that, and so I think that there needs to be again like one step back to, you know the 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 village, and yet still having that one step in in the in the cave, you know in the dark in the in the, in the deep. And, well, it's, and, yeah, it's good to take a swim in the ocean and then be able to come out the other side and tell people about what you've experienced, right? Right, right. And, and staying in the ocean, let's say, is, is not relatable, is not, you can't, you know, nobody can reach a person that's in, in you know, flights of fan, fancy uh, or fantasy or what have you. So, yeah, I, I understand the point. And that's definitely been a sticking point or a, or a stumbling block in my life, because I think I kind of blasted off from the former to the latter in my, in my college years smoked a lot of pot did a lot of surfing did a lot of thinking did a lot of growing did a lot of self-destructive let yourself drift a little far I'm sorry you let yourself drift a little too far I, I did I did and I drifted so far that I didn't know I like like the the shore didn't uh didn't look familiar anymore you know like like I didn't I didn't know how to swim back and like it's only been through years of integrating myself back into what I feel is like a good version of myself and so forth that I've been able to kind of make good on my craziness if you like, but uh yeah, it's an interesting conversation to have because I think mm-hmm. that all all artists strive to have that that creative flow and that like re- how would you say like um, relationship with the muse I've heard it, I've heard it you know symbolically and and uh you know you don't you don't want to like be, you know, you don't want to get taken by that, right? You don't want to be possessed by that, but, but also there has to be some kind of avenue there for creative input. So I hear you. I hear you. And, and I, I suppose there's an argument to be made for both. And, and I think the balance is the most important. Yeah. Let me ask you this. I mean, without diving into like the whole biography, when you, when you came back after drifting really far and you came back, did you, you said like, I think the way you said it just now was you didn't recognize the shore, but at this phase in your life, do you think you've been able to reconnect with the young man you were before that entirely? For sure, for sure. What was that process like, you know? Yeah. On the spot, uh, feel free to pass. No, 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 not at all. Um, I mean, a lot of it comes through the loves that I've had since being a boy. You know, I, we had a pool in my backyard when my parents were together, when I, you know, I, when I was a little boy in, in Carlton Avenue in Los Gatos. And that, to this day, like I literally went and swam at the, at the pool at my dad's, you know, home. Um, my wife and I are here before we're moving to Oregon. And I have, I'm 33 years old. I have the same exact feeling that I had when I was, you know, five swimming, you know, So, so that's never changed all of the psychological bullshit and mental maps that I've built, you know, and all that crap. all you know, conditioning or what have you doesn't touch that doesn't doesn't have any jurisdiction in those those primal feelings. And so part of kind of coming back to myself, if you like, was rediscovering, I I kind of never lost those things, to be fair, because I surfed all through that time. But but staying grounded in what makes me genuinely feel that kind of acceptance and loving, you know, wholeness inside myself is what, is what brought me back to, you know, the individuals, my family, is what allowed me to see my relationships in a different light. And, and, you know, not in this, like, I've constantly been persecuted thing that I think is easy to fall into. And, And actually where I felt like, wow, like, I've done a lot of things that have been shitty to people and I haven't really taken stock of of all of the sacrifices that people have made for me and so on and so forth. So kind of going into like just craziness took me away from obviously all of those like relevant recognitions, but but then just kind of coming back to being able to feel good inside of me and then being able to look at the other people that have been close to me in my whole life and 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 realize at once that they all just wanted me to be okay And like, I was kind of just, I was just banging into the walls of that. And like, nobody was really doing that to me. I was just kind of, I was kind of manifesting situations that people needed to handle for me. And then I resented that. That's, that was, that was kind of, I mean, in short, you know, like I could talk for hours about it, but, but in, in so many words, that's kind of a a, a roadmap. I I went down, I I caused a lot of turmoil between myself and others. I kind of, I kind of kept connected to something that, that was deeply like inside of me. And then it allowed me to, from what I had gained through all of that, reapproach the like terrestrial, the, the terrain, the, 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 like, the like familial terrain specifically with like more grace and like with more like acceptance of myself as, because I think a lot of it was not to keep going. I apologize, but, but I'll just say this. A lot of it was that I didn't accept myself. And I blamed people for that. Mm. That was a real foundational problem that I had to deal with. Um, and yeah, there's no real short way of describing how, how, I, how you know, I was I think, able to oh, do that. I'm sorry? Well, it's a daily struggle just accepting yourself and, and liking what you see in the mirror. Not to be too depressing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think, I, think it's, I, I, think it's, I think it's more, like I would disagree with that slightly. Not to say that it, that's not true. I, sure. Well, it's a personal thing. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I, 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 that's fair. For I sure. Would, I would argue a lot of people feel that way. But. I, I, I hear you. I, I just think that I, I saw the mountaintop. I saw that there is a way of being where nobody could touch that place of self-acceptance. I'm not saying that I've held that every moment of my life, but I saw that that's possible. And, yeah. and seeing that that's a possible thing. I realized why the fuck aren't I doing that all the time? Why would anybody in good faith allow themselves to give their power away? And, and I kind of just, that just hit me, dude. It hit me at one point and then it made me super it like specifics. I think it'll be helpful because like, yeah, I, I'm I'm getting lost in the metaphor here. What do you mean? I mean, once I saw the depth of my own power, like, like, interpersonally and, and like spiritually, let's say, and not in some weird like woo-woo, like I'm a healer and like look at my crystals way, but like in a way of like, no, like I'm, I'm genuinely okay with who I am. People in their crystals, man. No, and I love crystals. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I have a degree in earth sciences and geology. So like I, I'm not even being facetious. Like I, crystals are awesome. But, but like I, I got to a place where I understood, like I saw the light of total self-acceptance and it changed everything everything changed after that nothing was the same everything that the, the shore was a different shore after that because yeah. i was no i was no longer my story i was no longer a collection of the actions that had been, been done to me i was like a cosmic celestial entity autonomous and individual to my own wants and desires and dreams and it was like whoa that's a lot of responsibility you know and i started having just like you know like my dreams became really i don't know like it just it just opened. Everything changed. That's, I guess, the best way that I can say it. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like you didn't necessarily come out the same side of the shore. You swim across an ocean, and you ended up on the other side and were transformed. I think that's fair to say. And, yeah. and, you know, and everybody's still here. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like you know, I'm not, I'm not less for it, but I certainly was greatly challenged by it. There was definitely madness involved. There was definitely inappropriate behavior. There was anger and rage and all of that shit. So I don't know, I don't want to just go off on my diatribe, like, where where, where does that, Chris, does any of this strike any chords with you out of curiosity? Sure, I mean, you just brought up, you know, the mountaintop, like, when you said the mountaintop, I've just been pondering that a lot later. Because um, it's really easy to set goals for yourself in life and think you know what you want, and even if you, like, you know, well, I guess I should say, you know when you think you see the mountaintop it's very easy to like set yourself on that course and you know swim in that direction whatever metaphor we're using um but oftentimes when you get to that mountaintop i think it's really easy something i won't speak for you or anyone else but for me it's like easy to expect some type of finish line or a fucking trophy or like high five or hey i'm done i reached the mountaintop like that's been the biggest source of dissatisfaction in my life, uh, adult life, is that there's just no, no finishing, really. There's no, uh, there's no like credit roll, there's no happy ending, it's just, and then the next day you go to bed and like, it's just kind of like, it's endless. And even if you accomplish a goal, uh, what inevitably happens is you get to the top of that mountain or what you perceive to be the top, maybe it's a fall summit, but then you look across the valley and like, oh, this isn't what I've wanted. This rock sucks and this thing. And it's very hard to like love the mountain you're on because inevitably across the valley, there's a mountain that looks even more majestic, right? And sometimes you decide to try to climb that mountain. Sometimes you try to like um, reflect on where you are and where you've been, but figuring out a way to like really appreciate that specific mountaintop is, seems to be the key. And it's very elusive, so I don't know if that's the direction. It's it. interesting. Yeah, I I, I don't know, know. how. Do you, do you find satisfaction in like day to day accomplishments, or does it I do. like does, does it always seem like uh, the next challenge is looming? And it's like, sure, I mean, I'm when I have a minor success, I feel good about it. But then I wake up the next day, and it's time to do something else. You know, so. Yeah, I, that's the that's the human condition, in my opinion, is just the eternal struggle to appreciate where you are in the current moment. It's interesting. It's interesting. I just, like. I can't speak to that model because I just have an entirely different model, and and oh. I don't know. I don't know how the model that I've used to navigate, like let's say since I've been on this side of the you know the the trauma of my adolescence or whatever you want to say it as, fits into that model because for me. It's all here right now. And the struggle is to what degree can I embody the grace that allows it to come closer to me? It's not, it's not in some way that I would try to articulate similar to the way that you're painting the picture. Like, how can I get there? Like, like, part of of the epiphany that I had, I feel among many others, honest to God, is like, it's all here right now. You are there. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. yeah there is there is no there it's all there's only a here um, there is no there there's the here i always feel like the goalposts are just moving down field receding in the distance yeah yeah oh but I, like but i think that's i think that's there and there yeah yeah and I, and I think i think that does that i think it pushes you away from what you truly want i think that's it that's an internal struggle i don't know i don't know yeah, i know i'm oh, just speaking oh, my own craziness but like an internal struggle 100% and uh it's That's why I do yoga is every day trying to overcome that. But even in yoga, um, I encounter myself setting goals and, uh, you know, like trying to achieve. And it's it's hard to overcome my upbringing in the paradigm of like competition and the need for success and the need for achievement. And I think that that that's really deeply distilled or instilled in our culture. And it's like, it sets up a lot of people for misery because as long as you're chasing the the elusive target or you're trying to like hit the goal, you know, like right, get in the end zone. There's no fucking end zone. Like we're all in the end zone right now, and where you're at has to be your end zone this second. And if it's not, then you're gonna be you're gonna suffer. Well, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I I, I hear you, but but again, I think that there's like there's that weird like dichotomy right it's like it's like but either sides are wrong like okay let me let me paint it it's a truth in what we're both saying you feel me like if you're only goal-oriented then you're that you're that billionaire that has bad relationships in their family but if you're only you know zen on the mountaintop you're you're you know on you know one is on the street corner on top of a soapbox talking about how they're talking to jesus you know like There needs to be that self-realized person who is consciously moving towards their own paradise. Yeah. And, and and that's possible. And I suppose I, I feel and believe that that's possible. And that is one of the things that motivates me. You know what I'm always chasing after? And it's weird. I didn't think that this was connected, but now like this conversation is doing this interesting circuitous thing where like all these points are coming together. Like, um, I'm constantly, I've, I've talked to my family about this, talked to some friends. I don't know, I think we've discussed this before, but I'm always, I don't want to go into like the mission for it, but uh, you're familiar with like Plato's Allegory of the Cave? Sure. Well, yeah, the it, the, the, the it, shadows? The, the elevator pitch. It's basically like there's the the world that we see and the things we perceive, and then there's the idealized perfect. And I'm probably dumbing this down for sure, but there's the idealized perfect version of those things. And as long as we're constrained to this reality, it's impossible to actually experience that ideal. And so like, I'm always, it's something I wanted to bring up dreams and REM sleep with you later. So I think this is like our connection to that. I often find myself uh, experiencing that sense of the ideal in my dreams and then like, so I'll see, that's interesting. A new city that I want to move to. Like, oh, and I'll wake up and I'll be like, oh, I think that was Seattle or Portland or, or I don't know where that was, but it, it's like less aware and it's more of a feeling, right? And so you go to the place and, and maybe you get shades of that feeling, but like you can never really find that perfection that you experience in the dream. You can never like perfectly distill that feeling that you got from that place in the dream. At least that's how it is for me. And so, like, I'm always chasing the perfect version of an event, like the perfect night. I remember when I was in Mexico with my mom. I was trying to explain this to her, like I, I long for the perfect night out on this temp, like like all the perf- all the great friends, all the best friends. Um, every event happens in the perfect succession. The weather's fabulous. You stay out, you meet all these. There's people, there's fireworks, There's it's packed, you know, like good food, good beverages, everybody's laughing, you know, like just, just that level of perfection. And anytime you go out, I won't speak for you, anytime that I go out with friends or I go out to dinner or I walk through that town, it's fun and it's great, but it's never that whole idealized version of the event that I conceive of in my mind. And there's very few moments in my life where I've actually felt like the reality matched up with that romantic ideal that I long for. Um, and so that's that's the chase for me, dude. <laughs> it's fighting that. Yeah. That I think that might be waiting on the other side. To be honest, I think that that may be what death is like, uh, or like our eternal dreamscape, or whatever whatever it comes down to. I but, think. Not to interrupt you. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was finished, but like, that's, that's, that's something that I always, I've lived most of my adult life chasing my dream, that, that cliche quote or, you know, saying, because I'm trying to go tap into the thing that I actually experienced in, in the dreamscape. I hear you. Sometimes it almost lives up, but oftentimes it's not quite there. I hear you. You know what my honest take is and, and my insight, if I could be so bold because I really do believe this. All, and, 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 and I don't speak for you. I'm not a you know psychologist, but I if I if I had said what you had said and I have experienced what I've experienced, what I would tell myself, and this is this is my truth hand to God, all of those things are waiting on the other side of you, of yourself, of your concept of how of how things so. There's so many different ways I could connect to it, like with like pithy like quotes from this person or that person. But like, okay, so so Jim Carrey, who like just had an awakening or whatever, you know, and, and has a big beard and was living in the fucking woods, says, as far as I can tell, it's about telling the universe what you want and then getting the fuck out of the way for how you're gonna get it. And I and I and it sounds like you are really concerned with the mechanism through which you're going to get it and you're just standing in your own way. Mm. And, and, and this, I would go so far as to justify that because I can speak to my own experiences. I've had that same feeling many for many years. And I, I, before I had that struggle, I had a different feeling. And after I had that struggle, I had a different feeling. Before, I would just be drinking or smoking weed and I would not worry. I just wasn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't resist anything that was happening. I would just participate in it. Yeah. And by my lack of resistance, everything was more conductive. Things moved quicker. The things yeah. that, that were kind of coming came faster, and and magic happens. Then I went through my neurotic phase where I was so concerned with how the fuck do I make myself into a man? How do I be successful? I'm a dirtbag. <laughs> I'm a piece of shit. I have I have no relative success compared to all these other people. You yeah. know, I have. I, you know, all of the things that I looked at in my life were not good enough. Yeah. So then I, I just physically tried to grab the pieces and put them in place and it never worked. And then I went crazy. And then I got sane. And now I realize the universal put the pieces into the puzzle. I think, it's, I think it's hard to understand, as Jim Carrey put it, how to just get out of the way though. Like it's so hard, it's so hard. I st- I've yeah. struggled with that for years and years and years. I still do. It's so funny. I, when, you were, when you were saying that, it brought up this memory I had recently where, like, I was, I was doing this assignment uh, for an article, and the article was, um, I was paddling a fucking inflatable unicorn down the Snake River. It was, it was kind of a total awesome. joke of an assignment, but it was really fun. Um, and a caveat, like, as you know, I, I have largely quit smoking pot. I smoked pot my whole time. 20- Which is great. I don't want to. I don't want to advertise or something, but oh, I don't smoke yes. funny. For for a, for you know, ninety nine percent of the truth, it is. But I noticed that day, um, I was struggling with how to figure out how to paddle this fucking unicorn. There was no control. It was like yeah. it was impossible to navigate and like effectively paddle and control this unicorn. And so I took my first swim in like a class. No. You know, and we, we ended out to a beach. I like swam to the beach, because I was now like, you know. um, And my boy pulls out a bowl, and I was like, you know, screw it, you know. uh, Long story short, I got a little intoxicated. Ooh, I can't tell this story. It's okay. Um, But after- Tell, tell after, it in a way that is okay, right? Well, long story short, after imbibing, I knew exactly how to navigate the unicorn. <laughs> Isn't that funny? <laughs> and like, like, like my my neurotic sober brain was getting in its own way. It was trying to make sense of this nonsense thing, and I was uh, I I didn't understand. And the second the second I just like got into alternative headspace, it was like oh like oh I just need to use the current. I need to just pull the current. And I'm not like trying to like, I'm not trying to go forward. I'm just like, like, I'm going to let the current take me and you know, I can like put myself in the right place, but it's not about control. It's about surrendering and setting yourself up and doing your best to be in the right place uh, for success. But like, there was no way I was going to like dominate the river on this inflatable unicorn, you know? Bro, I think that's a perfect, I think that's a perfect metaphor for life. I That's not all really I get back into smoking pot, so I don't want to. <laughs> no, no, I mean, look, I, I quit smoking pot because it was bad for my lungs, and and I find that uh, dose, you know, finding the correct dose when smoking is really sketchy, and I, I happen to have a, bit, a lot of respect for cannabis as a medicine, and so, you know, when I choose to use it, I mm-hmm. use it very dose-specific, and I think that there's more responsible ways to do that than, like, rolling a joint, or, or I mean, for me, for me, because I, I, I love it so much. I'm, the way I tell people is, like, I would, when I was smoking pot, I'd, ha- I'd have a spliff ready to smoke and I'd- I haven't even lit it yet and I'm already mentally rolling the next spliff. Like I'm mm-hmm. already thinking, where are my papers? Do I have enough tobacco to put a little of tobacco? It was super unhealthy. Um, you You're know, spliffs, dude. Yeah, no, they're no good. But but that that t- that's not to denigrate cannabis because I think that there's a really, really potent medicinal value of cannabis. And I think that you just described it beautifully. It It deconstructs the bullshit that we tend to operate on all the time, doesn't it? I wish I wish that it was possible to just have that relationship with it. But unfortunately for me, it incites and causes all types of other negative behaviors that I have tried to control, but have very little control over. Uh, namely binge eating. Like people talk about the munchies. Like like I will tell myself <laughs> I just have to laugh when I visit no, you in Seattle. No, that's serious, like like I I stopped smoking. I started doing hot yoga and I changed my diet and having, not having cannabis activate that, that sugar rush or that sugar need at like 11 PM made my whole dietary program. It was like night and day. Like I will tell myself, I, okay, I got, I got dinner in the fridge. I got, you know, like I got a Lara bar, you're done. And if I like, you can smoke, but this is it. This is it. Yeah. Doesn't matter. <laughs> 10 30, at night rolls around. Yeah. All of that, like, like I have tried to control <laughs> yeah. it. I'm ordering, I'm ordering Domino's. <laughs> I'm. I'm uh, ordering what are you hang all these shameful things, like, um, things that I know are bad for me. And God, I wish that there was a type of strain of marijuana where it was just like, no munchies, all benefits, um, just just a good cerebral thing, and it wasn't habit forming. But yeah, just like you said with the spliffs, like, yeah, I'm, you know, like uh, an hour into the high, I'm starting to be like, ooh, I could, I could smoke more, and like, you know, like, there's just no. We want to talk about the end zone receding into the distance that's an addiction that's addiction like uh always chasing that that like that perk or whatever it is um it's super self-defeating for me I, hear you. I can really be functional and i God, i wish i could be that way but no way, no way. yeah i found i found ones that work for me in in specific circumstances like if i have a full day or like at least like all afternoon and evening that where I'm doing like something that's not, you know, uh, let's say it's like free form, like going out to dinner with friends or like we're going on an adventure, we're going surfing or something. I can take one, uh, one to one, one, you know, uh, 10 to 10 milligrams of CBD and 10 milligrams of THC of this one particular brand. And it's just like best ever. I don't have any desire to get more inebriated. I I don't want alcohol. I, I don't really drink at all. And it's just fantastic it's just fantastic it does that thing that i think we're trying to, to to explain at least i feel like is worth explaining and that is like all of the mental constructs that are great if you want to you know use the pythagorean theorem or some bullshit like that but are terrible if you want to just i don't know be a fun guy at a party or 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 yeah. you know or like not make other people feel insecure because you know you're like like what the way that i can be but my best self is to stop thinking. And cannabis yeah. tends to make me, it's a weird, it's a weird, I can't, I don't know if I can find words to explain, it. like, I think better because I'm not thinking in so many words. You feel yeah. me? Oh, yeah. Well, but the same could be said for action sports, like you're surfing. Uh, sure. You're arguably at your best when you're, not used to it, but people are arguably at their best when they're in first place. Right. 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 A lot with my writing like you know I, I mentioned the ideal earlier and like that sense of inspiration there are, I think I've said this to you before but there are a few things that excite me more and make me like understand why I, I'm alive more than like the moment I have a fun good idea that I want to put on paper or like or on a digital screen. Um, the second I come up with a funny headline or a funny concept uh i just like i need to produce it that's that gives me so much energy and creative inspiration uh that's like the highest i can really get now that's great i mean what's wrong with that well nothing's wrong with it but you know you can't just go down to the you know the recreational market and get a recreational good idea (laughs) You know, like, you can't just go get a bag of recreational, uh, you know, funny editorial concepts. It's like, you know, that type of thing, you have to, you have to live, you have to learn, you have to, like, derive the experience from real life, and then you have to be in the right circumstance to stimulate that creative impulse. Uh, A lot of times for me, I'll have ideas in yoga, and it's like, it's a really meditative practice. Everyone's quiet. There's an instructor, and I'll have like a funny headline pop into my head, and i will kind of finally like, figure out a way to do it, or like something I've been teasing out for a week or two, and I'll finally it'll just like whoop, I'm like flipping into my mind, and I'll like laugh out loud. Then <laughs> everyone, everyone around is just kind of like, "What the fuck is this weirdo doing?" You know, like so many, so many those those moments happen all the time because I have a lot of brain chatter. And, uh, I giggle to myself a lot in the hot room and, uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> that, that, that's, <laughs> that's a good, that's good I, sign. It's the people I practice with. Definitely. I, I think that's a good sign. Yeah. 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 As long as you're in context. Um, you know, there's a little dash of madman in me for sure. I but think, I, I there, mean, if you, sure. I'm sorry. As there is with you. You know, yeah, I mean, I I went full in, dude. I went all in. <laughs> I I I felt that, and I and I I dove in, and I'm better for it. But it got worse before it got better because the flow hit me like a fire hose. I I I jumped into the deep end, and it took longer for me to integrate the information that I that I was shown than it did to swim out of it. Like, huh. So it's like, like put from a fire hose and it, you, you like, you got drowned by it. But then, but then I rose again, uh, you know, a better version of myself. I'm gonna uh, I mean, moment I, moment hopefully. Of yeah. 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 I'm listening. Um, um. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I just think, I think that the, 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 the step of not like I was going to say not being worried by how we affect the people around us. Like you're, like you're describing how, you know, moments of insight make you kind of act out and, and the, the emotional ramification to that is people around you, like, ah, you know, I think the first step to like getting in touch with the muse, if you like, is, is saying, I'm just, I'm just not going to worry about how I affect people. Like I'm going to take responsibility for it, mm-hmm. but I'm going to, but I'm going to accept that like, If I want to shine super bright, like people are going to look, you know, people are going to be like, what the is going on with that guy? And that's okay. Yeah. Um, And it can be, it can be hard because when you're a creative type, you become so fixated on an idea that it can kind of take over. And like, like I'm pointing at my other computer, but like, um, With work, it's like sometimes so often, I should not say this because uh, it's gonna be broadcast, but like I'll be so impassioned by like an idea that I'll really wanna produce it and act on it. But, you know, the thing that pays the bills isn't always your passion project. It's, you know, more often than not, it's not the case. And so it's like that hard balance of figuring out a way to like do both and, and to foster that creativity. But a lot of times you'll have an idea, you'll write it. And then this speaks to a larger conversation too. Like I was on the phone with another freelancer earlier, my friend Lily. We're talking about how like you'll have this idea or you'll produce an assignment and you'll have a deadline and uh, like you'll produce, you'll meet, and this happens so often in life, you'll like meet your commitment. And then the person who, you know, gave you the assignment will just go dark for like a month. And you have that, exp- it's like, I, I will readily admit myself, like, I have an expectation of other people, particularly ones I work with, that they're gonna adhere to the same standard that I'm trying to hit myself. And it's like, uh, you're just bound to be disappointed when you have that expectation for other people. It's like, you know, like I should not, like if you ask me to produce something by X day, and then I do, then that creates all these impulses in my brain, all these expectations that, oh, you're gonna deliver on your end. and You're gonna hit the deadline that you communicated to me. Very rarely do people do that. More often than not, it's like, you hit the target, I can't speak for you, but like, I'll hit the target, um, and then the party I'm working with will just jerk off for like a fucking month, and I'm kind of left holding the bag by the time they get to the thing, I'm no longer inspired by it. Or it's like, you know, the, the work and the effort I won and the passion I had for it, I've now moved on to something else because, you know, I have shiny object syndrome. <laughs> I just can't. You know, I don't know if that's – is that true for you in your life? Would you say, like, uh, it's – I mean, it's true for everyone. It's always dangerous to hold people to the same – to, like, generate standards by which you hold other people. I don't know. I think I think that – in any relationship, there has to be rules. There has to be expectations. There has to be understandings of the parameters by which the, both are going to operate. Like, certainly in a partnership, like a, you know, a wife or a girlfriend or, a, you know, yeah. a whatever. You're um, married. No, I'm, I'm married, married, you know. So there's obviously conversations around, like, how we're going to act, you know. And those are things that are non-negotiable. So it's not, you know, and obviously those things happen in business relationships also. It's like, if you're going to do business with somebody, you got to fucking... Be able to have contracts and things like that's that's the foundation of of like law and 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 property law and stuff it's like it's all it's all you know one guy's motivation versus the next until it like affects your your house and then it's like no no it's it's in writing you know so i think that there's something to be said for having those kinds of things be absolutely unnegotiable but but um in in terms of like soft relationships or like or like or like verbal relationships or verbal agreements and things like that like yeah the way that I kind of insulate myself from from being upset or frustrated is I do not at this point in my life allow my emotional well-being or state or or vibe to rely on anybody else's behavior I just won't do that it's just not worth it to me I don't I'm it's sorry that's hard. It's hard. It is hard, but it's, but it's, it feels really good to know that no matter what the other person does, I don't have to take it into my internal space. I just don't. I love what you were saying. I love what you were saying before we got, uh, before we started recording where you're like, I forget how you articulated it, but it was long lines of like, um, I, I, it applied a lot to my yoga practice. Like you are only responsible for yourself for and certain. Lo- the like what you're what you're doing like so often um my mind will wander. that's right my mind will wander when i'm yoga and i'm like like oh shit am i in this person's way or uh did my did my laugh make this person think this or that it's like yo, like fuck everyone else not like you know like you gotta care about other people but when you're in that room or like when you're in a, a different circumstance you really just have to only worry about yourself And the more you worry about other people and you, like, project uh, false narratives, the more you can kind of do yourself harm. Yes, sir. There's two ways that I conceptualize it. One is in a sacred space, and I I would say conversation is a sacred space. And in the same way that, like, martial arts is a sacred space, you have to respect that the other person is going to defend themselves. Yeah, and not responsibility for them. Yes, sir. Because if if you're going to spar with somebody and you like knock them out and then everybody says like, how did you, why did you do that? It's like, dude, we were sparring. Like, what do you mean? Why did I do that? Like, he's, he's a warrior. I'm a warrior. Like that's, that's the deal, you know? And, 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 and so that's one way of conceptualizing. I, I think you do a good, a great service to everybody around you. If you respect their autonomy and ability to, how can I say ability is not the right word, their responsibility to Voice their own thoughts and feelings. You don't need to feel for other people. I mean, you do for a child, right? You do for somebody who's not capable of 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 you know articulating themselves in their in the world, but you don't for a for a for a, for a, for a person for a man. Um, and the other way that I conceptualize the idea of radical self-responsive, yeah, of, of radical you know self uh, ownership, if you will. I heard this quote and I thought it was gorgeous, and it is. It's it's kind of a riddle, and that is. And, and, and I'll, I have another tangent also, but it's what's the greatest gift you can give to anybody? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Your own happiness. Yeah, sure. At the end of the day, and I, I've thought about that a lot. I think that there's, that's, there's some really, really deep truth to that. And that is like, we always think we know what's best for other people. Mm-hmm. And Alan Watts called it you know, the monkey picking the fish out of the ocean and saving it from drowning by putting it safely up in the tree. You know, it's like, don't, don't, you know, the fish is going to live the fish life. Like the monkey's going to live the monkey life. Like it's a beautiful thing. If the, if the monkey even gets to see the fish for a moment, like that's awesome. Right. But like to, 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 to outsource our ideas of, of another's being is, is, is tyranny. Mm -hmm. And that's why I, that's why I have such a problem with with like the like cancel culture and outrage culture and shit it's like it's like you're outraged okay that's okay but like a person being upset doesn't give them license to hurt somebody like or like hurt their life or like you have every everybody has every this is all my opinions take it with a grain of salt everybody has every right as far as i'm concerned to say whatever the Fuck, they want to say that's what freedom of speech is about you can you can say how angry you are upset you are how much of a pos that person is or this person is good for you that's great maybe that maybe that creates some change but what i don't feel is okay is taking a person putting them into a room putting them into a corner and making them fucking do what you think that's not that's just not okay and 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 the way that i got to that understanding is Through this idea of when I'm in the yoga room, and I'm not—I'm no better at this than anybody else. Believe me, I'm just as neurotic, just as self—you know—self, self—you know—involved. And 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 I'm, well, what is that person thinking? What is this person thinking? It's just when I when I do get to that slow state, I realize that that's all nonsense sorry go ahead i'm sorry go ahead (laughs) i just say that but i when i do get to that flow state i realize that that's all nonsense and 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 furthermore it's destructive and it's hurtful not only to myself but everybody that i interact with when i'm when i'm possessed by those kinds of like weird eccentricities that are that are based on what i think the other person thinks and that's just what the fuck does that mean how about why don't i just express how i think or what i think Uh, uh and I'll, and I'll and i'll end the thought with this the guy who has fucking really taken this and run with it the, the, this exact concept is jocko willick have you ever heard of him yeah yeah i've seen him interviewed on rogan i really enjoy him and he wrote a book called extreme ownership i haven't read it but i really want to read it um i, I intend to read it and it's just that idea of shit gets better when we take extreme ownership over everything in our lives all the good, all the bad, every relationship, every interaction, every situation, like, because then you can't lose. If you fuck up, you fucked up. And if something good happened, you made it happen. And so what does that mean? The bad things, you can make them better. And the good things, you can do them again. But if if you take any other narrative about your own experience, then you just give away your power. Oh, those, those people did this to me, or this happened to me because of, you know, nebulous concepts like the economy. And it's like, that just doesn't, that doesn't get us up at four in the morning and work out like oh, that motherfucker does, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, there are, cert, like, you mentioned the economy, like, you know, if the economy goes off cliff, it does negatively affect I you. feel you. No, right, right. So there, there, I, like, under, I understand. On that, you can try to hustle and get another job, but there's no fucking jobs. Then, you know, I, I do think that there are certain, like, macro forces that do, you know, definitely play a role in our lives. However, right. I mean, tragedy happens. Like there's no, there's no denying it reminds, that, right? Reminds me of like, when I was living in China, this was a fundamental difference in cultures that I encountered was, um, and I loved Chinese people completely. Uh, you know, I, I found that like Chinese people and American people we shared like the same type of style of sense of humor. Like, I would find myself on the street, like I'd see something and I'd laugh at like, having observed it and I'd turn and the same guy would be like, you know, the guy next to me would like be chuckling at the same thing. We'd be like, ha motherfucker. You know, like, <laughs> like, there were a lot of those moments. Um, but in terms of extreme ownership, it was very much like, it seemed like on a day-to-day level, it was hard to find accountability, like, Nobody seemed eager to take direct responsibility or ownership, like, for something that had gone wrong. Right? Like, here. Yeah, different culture, huh? I mean, socialist mentality, huh? Communist rather. I don't, I don't. I don't want to fall I don't want to guess that. I. 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 You know, it was just something I. I observed. We're like, to better or worse. I think it's actually kind of. It can be actually harmful in American society. But we are definitely encouraged to take ownership over our fuck ups. and it's like, no, that wasn't their fault. You fucked up, and like, there's almost like in work culture and like like corporate culture, just like in adult life, it's almost like you're better off taking ownership because if right. you pass the buck, no one will respect you for it. Well, um, it just doesn't doesn't help. Doesn't, it doesn't get better. Help. Just if you're always like trying to yeah like. Pass the blame off on other people and like, I think there's a lot of self-efficacy and self-empowerment and saying, you know, I made a mistake and I didn't do this correctly. Yeah, people uh, respect that. I didn't. I know you asked me to vacuum and I didn't vacuum. <laughs> and that's, uh, yeah, whatever like yeah. look, that's a really weak example. No, I get it, but it was, isn't that better than like I couldn't find the plug, okay? I don't yeah, know where the plugs yeah. are. And it's like look, it was seriously, seriously like you wouldn't get the you wouldn't get the like you asked me to do this, I didn't do it. I'm sorry, because it's all about it's all about face over there and like the concept of like saving face. So like it's actually it was rude of you, it would be rude of me to try to like put someone in a corner and be like, you didn't vacuum. You always see. somebody, you always leave somebody a social out over there. Huh. So, it, so it doesn't have to like land on them. Uh, and that's at least how I found it. So like, it would be, it would be like, yo, it looks like you didn't vacuum. It's like, oh, well, I couldn't find the vacuum or I couldn't find the thing or the thing wasn't working or like, there's always kind of like, it's never like, yeah, you're right. I didn't vacuum. Um, and that's a, whole, that's a whole lot different, that ownership, than offering excuses of why. Same thing. Oh, you know, I thought we were going to meet at the gym at 4 a.m. to, to like, train. Like, oh, well, you know, uh, my alarm clock didn't go off. Or I, uh, I, you know, I had a late night last night. These are all excuses. Um, the person who wants to be at 4 a.m. at the gym will show up to the gym at 4 a.m., you know, 90%. Yeah. And yeah. I, I, I would imagine that's what is talking about, is like showing up, being your best self, executing on your commitments, and just, you know, not letting people down and taking ownership over, you know, your mistakes. It's okay to make mistakes. We're all gonna fuck up. Like, I fucked up so many times in life. But it was an immense source of empowerment when I like started owning my mistakes versus like blaming other people and we we discussed that a little bit ago for sure yeah i i I couldn't agree more yeah couldn't agree more it, really- it, it hasn't made life any easier it's just made me feel better about myself as I go through the struggle of life it makes me it makes me feel like I am capable of meeting the next challenge because you know come what challenges um you know may present i believe in my ability to like i'm I'm not giving myself an existential out as silly as that sounds as stupid as that sounds I, i'm not i'm not i'm not saying if everything works right things are going to be okay for me i'm saying it's on me yeah that doesn't guarantee success it's just it's a lot more encouraging than oh i hope you know the housing market does this or i hope that person feels this way about me or i hope you know i affect this person the right way it's like yeah i don't really have any control over those things but what i do have control over is me and yeah. that's you know that's fucking hard enough like that's that's the struggle and i think showing up for that at 4 a.m every day is yeah. a lot of work and <laughs> i think it's way easier to to eat the eat the extra meal at ten thirty and and smoke that second spliff or third spliff and and blame it on you know the the alarm clock and you know I don't know where I put the vacuum and that's just an easier way to live but 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 I I genuinely feel this that leads to hell it doesn't lead to heaven you know I'm in this situation right now where like I I made more fitness I hit my fitness goals more steadily last summer. I did this summer and I got down to a lower weight and I was in better shape and a big part of that um it's because I had a gym in my apartment building that I was living in last year so I would like that's awesome I'll go get on the elliptical whenever the fuck I like that's what I do I do the elliptical I love that dude I love elliptical but I mean without diving into that it's like I had it at my fingertips, I go get on the elevator, go down and just like, bam, like you're on right. the, elliptical, knock it out, get a great 400, 500 calorie workout. Then you go throw in the yoga. All of a sudden you're at like a, a good caloric deficit, right? Where now I got this full-time job and yeah, I still go to like, you know, Bikram every day, but it's like, you know, the intermittent fasting kind of gets fucked. Cause like I'm waking up earlier and you know, it's like, and, and there's no elliptical and, and now I'm 10, five, 10 pounds over where I want to be. And like, it's, yeah, I could get up earlier. I could get a gym membership. I could try harder. Um, and that's, that's the, the bind that a lot of people find themselves in where they're like, well, God, like, is it worth it? Is it worth it to be 10 pounds lighter, but wait, but to pay more and to have the membership and no longer have to go get in my car and drive to the gym? and put in that you know what I mean like yes, yes. what does it work to you to to hit this fucking target and I'm not doing it right now that part of me is really disappointed uh well you know I the way I see it <laughs> I don't no. know <laughs> no I'll tell you I'll tell you I think I, I think I have some some kind of scaffolding to inject into that mental map that may help you navigate it I really do I think your, your presupposition is that life is, 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 is a stable point, but it's just, yeah. it's just absolutely not. It never well, will be. Oh, look, I was, I, I was 220 pounds and now I'm 180. Bro, so I'm proud of you. But all I'm saying is, I'm sorry, go ahead. I'm just saying like, if that if last summer's experience of like weight transformation taught me anything, it's that i could i could gain 50 pounds back and if i got passionate enough i could lose 60. you know what i mean like you can you can rise and fall you can ebb and flow you can you know like however that level of dedication and passion that i had last summer i know in my heart is not being matched now here's and, a thought yeah i'm sorry i mean go go on it just sounds like <laughs> that, that, that's it that's but you're absolutely right like we're not at fixed points in our lives. We, we can gain and lose. We can, you know, fortunes rise and fall, uh, you know, all of those things. And it's important to remember that, but it's it can be discouraging when you lose, uh, you know, a quotient of that passion that you once had that pushed you, that allowed yourself to push to great things. Okay, let me ask you a question. When you were... Meeting your goals or exceeding your goals, other than weight, Hmm. what else in your life improved? I was less angry. Boom! (laughs) Less angry. Um, I mean, this had a lot to do with the yoga, but I was less like, I was less likely to. Yoga and meditation—it's all about like having the thoughts but letting them pass and recognizing that you like certain things triggered your thought patterns, but not latching on to those emotions. Um, I'm more likely now to like latch on to anger when it comes up in my mind than I used to be. Um, I felt better, man. So this is this this is my this is my theory. I was miserable too because I was like my diet was just like brutal and like you know. I get it. This is my theory. This is my theory. And this is why I think, I, I want to say it not to, not to be like, listen to me talk, because I think it's valid to, when a person moves in a direction towards one specific goal and then loses motivation for that. And I would argue, there's, it's, never, it's never unilateral. Moving towards something that's a good aim brings about a better world for you yeah not yeah. just not just that thing yeah so like if i focus on i mean I, you know we don't have to just talk about your you and yoga and and, and you know your weight i could i can i can do There's it a for, for myself just, right it's it's yeah. a it's a model for behavior i would argue and that is and and jordan peterson talks about this and, and full disclosure i'm a jordan peterson fan he's in he's in rehab right now for clonopin. so you know best of, of luck and good you know thoughts to him um yeah. but uh he, the way that he, he has this, this thing that people can buy, and I would, I would buy it, but I, you know, I've kind of gotten the concept that I've kind of done the work for myself, and I, I, you know, it helps me a lot, and it's, like, through, like, several questions, conceptualize, like, all the different kinds of decisions that you make, and, like, if you made all of them perfectly, like, what would your life look like in five or ten years? Like, like, conceptualize the heaven that you could manifest for yourself if you did everything right, if you ate, exactly just perfect if you did all you know what I mean like I I don't have to spoon feed it to you if you just made every right decision you know besides yourself what would life look like Mm. but that's not it now because we all know our own demons you know given our own eccentricities or our own idiosyncrasies or our own you know issues with our own minds and I've got them just like everybody else has got them and, and it's not for other people to know, but it's for certainly for, the, for, for ourselves to confront. Imagine if you just just went the other way. Imagine if you just did, did, did the wrong decision at, on all vectors. <laughs> what, what, what would life look like? What would, the, what would your relationships look like? What would your home look like? What would your body look like? Like look at it in detail and look at those two. And that what gets you up at four in the morning. That's what keeps you on your diet. That's what has you tell the truth to people. That's what have helps you know us to check our egos. That's what helps us to be like, whoa, like maybe I'm just reacting as opposed to like moving towards that future that I really want. And it's like knowing that those two are equally real, like knowing that we can slide into either one at any time based on one decision is really helpful because it's like. I know my own shit better than anybody else does. And I'm sure you know your own shit better than anybody else does. And it's easy. It's real easy. And it's really kind of like a trick of the, of the, you know, mind, the frontal cortex on ourselves to allow ourselves to, I'm so, no, 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 I'm saying to make the bad decisions, just, just, just step by step. Ah, I don't have to get up at 4am. I'll just get up at 6am. That guy, that guy knows that 4am is too early. He'll forgive me i'll just eat tonight so i'll just eat a little bit too much you feel me like i could go on and on and on with my own shit i'll just roll one split it'll be no problem but that that's not me. That, that, but you you see what i mean like keeping aware of the fact that we are responsible for moving in a direction of either good or bad at any time like like that the existential heaven and hell are real and that people are living in one or the other absolutely no question uh here now not you don't have to wait for the afterlife for those experiences is fire under our ass to work towards the, i mean i really believe that and and i think that people that have been in mental illness people that have been to war people that have been addicted to drugs people that have you know seen you know loss and tragedy and struggled with deep dark places of emotion and so forth i think that that's a real potent fuel if if dealt with appropriately if if you know, like, you know, you can't, like, it's. there's lessons there, right? And I think that they can help us. I do. That's tough, you know, it's a slippery slope. And um, I just think about the pot thing. You you mentioned the, the one spliff, and it's like... Yeah, it just opens the door, doesn't it? Even, you know, well, it opens the door... And it's never like, it's like it's like a, it's like a large pizza. It always sounds like a good idea, like like a huge fucking joint with like you know like A grade cannabis and like bunch of a bunch of key Yeah, and, ha- hash like and hash oil and yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The best, the yeah. you know, Like like yeah. grade. It yeah. sounds it sounds great, right? But then it's. the the dirty trick of life is, for me at least, it always kind of, the actual experience is always kind of a letdown. And what the the arguably like the best part of the whole thing is the anticipation. It's not even like, like sex is kind of the same way. I mean, maybe I'm doing it wrong, but, uh, (laughs) but I'm just saying that most experiences that you put up on a pedestal it's pretty hard to like have them meet reality. Like most highs that I get from smoking cannabis, I always, I, like when I was younger, I'd be like, oh, I wanna go go in, in the redwoods and go get, you know, go smoke weed and like go on a hike. But then like, it sounds like mystical and enchanting as an idea, as a concept, right? Uh, as an ideal. But then the reality is that you just like go get stoned in the woods, and you're just kind of like stoned in the woods, and that's like that is the experience. There's no enchantment, there's no mysticism to it. You're just a stoned bro in the woods, and that's. that's I don't know, man. You're like you're like I kind of like smoking. Yeah, yeah, I, <laughs> I I I disagree with you On, <laughs> only because I just said it sounds like you're 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 disenchanted with life and it sounds like that that is something that frustrates you and it sounds like you're accepting of that and i don't think that you have to be life is extraordinarily enchanting think about this just as a point of argument just as a logical chain no i think i think hold on hold on before you launch in what i'm trying to say is give me a sec it's if I think that smoke going and smoking pot in the woods is going to, to trump the actual just sober experience of going and walking in the woods, I'm always going to be wrong, and it's always going to be a letdown. There's no like, there's no value add uh, to to doing to getting intoxicated and doing it. But I guess we could go in the loop and talk about the whole river and like you know the yeah. I mean, I like smoking pot, so I mean, I, I just don't, I, I you know, I agree, I, disagree, but like. Like, Go ahead. all I'm saying is I think that the real, the real point you're making, and it's a valid one, is anytime we have an expectation, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a silhouette or a stencil. This is the, my, the way that my brain conceptualizes. Yeah, I'm listening. And then we have an experience. As long as you give a fuck about your expectation, and you don't have to, is the point. But as long as you give a fuck about your expectation, then you're constantly going to be looking at where they don't match up. You've yeah. got two pictures that you're focusing on. Yeah. And all you're going to see when you lay one picture on top of the other is where the lines don't match, is where the blurs between them, is where there's there's gaps and so forth. Mm-hmm. Well, bro, the answer is real simple. Get rid of your fucking expectation. Yeah. And and, and the justification that I need to to, to to make that point is simple. All beautiful works of art, every... I mean, for God's sakes, every book that's ever been written, every painting that's ever been painted has been painted from people's experience. Mm-hmm. It wasn't from their expectation. It was from their inspiration of their actual experience of life. So of course life is magical. Of course life is mystical. Because all of the th- signs that, we've point- that have pointed us in our language, in, our, in everything, in pop culture, has come from people that have shared that with us, uh, you know, that have come <laughs> before. Us. edited, co-edited the other night. That's per- right. You know, perfect example. I, I, I do think that there is enchantment and mysticism and beauty and magic in the world. I absolutely think that there is, and I think that the the the, the simple fact that that there is even a flimsy ar- argument against that is 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 sad. Is 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 a propensity for for tragedy, for despair, for depression, for anxiety in young people, and it's something that 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 needs to be articulated against. And that's why I have been really fundamentally drawn to Jordan Peterson because one of his foundational arguments is the hero's journey yeah. is real. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not separate from us. It's 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 why we like Star Wars. It's why we like Lord of the Rings. It's why we why the Bible has lasted. Because that idea is a absolutely beautiful and very relevant and very valid symbolic representation of the human experience. You are the hero for 100 and it's to what degree you want to go through the dark forest and you know find the sword of excalibur or what have you in in the in the lake and come back and you know do the thing it's like it's on you and it's like it's 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 a fallacy to say it should happen this way or that way or the other way and you know life's losing its luster because it's not having this way or that it's like leave that shit up to the To the world you know that'll that shit will get worked out it's like to what degree can you be courageous in the face of adversity that's the question to to jump in here i think like i know what you're saying and i i agree that like the hero's journey is inside all of us uh but just to reference back to the point i meant about like marijuana and going for the hike in the woods like that's less, uh, I'm not trying to say that life isn't enchanting and life doesn't have any magic to it. It certainly does. And it offers us many opportunities for personal transformation and personal growth. Well said. But like, as long as I'm trying to like, for me, marijuana is like, I'm trying to offset that responsibility to a third party or an external force where like, the, the, the greatest empowerment and the greatest transformation come from inside, not when I smoke a bunch of cannabis. Like, the ultimate expectation, I hear you. The ultimate expectation is expecting that the, process, the, the, the experience will be better because I go get high and have it. Right. Like, you know, that's, I hear you. that's just having a crutch. And it can be fun, but it always kind of falls short uh, of what I hope it will feel like. Right. I, I get it. I get know, it. But on the beach in Mexico. It's like, well, then you'll just be stoned in Mexico. Right? <laughs> it's not, it's not so magic. Uh, anyway, I can go on. But yeah. Yeah, I hear you. I just I, like, I think the, 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 the message I'm hearing that is one that I would like to try to offer uh, an opposing viewpoint to is like, it's never as good as the expectation. And I just think that it can be way, 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 way better. And it and it should be, if we can like yeah. use, use our imagination in a constructive way as opposed no. to do a destructive way. Or not That's even use your imagination. It's always the nights funny you say that, like it's always the nights. Whenever I have a night that I'm gonna go out and like have a great night with my friends, it ends up just kind of being a dud. But the best nights are always the ones where I'm like on the fence about going out at all. And I understand that like doing this i don't really feel like going to this party or like then you go to the party and it's It's popping and it's great and like yeah you know it's like a world of new experiences that you didn't expect and those those are always fantastic experiences for 99 percent of time. i hear you you know where my brain goes not to interrupt you i'm sorry no no no, 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 i was done that's why i have such an issue with advertisements because i feel like it's indoctrinating us to have visual and Uh and material expectations of our lives which are exactly the things that i think we've we've explained fuck our lives up the best thing is maybe i'll have a car in a few years and then in six months when i like lease a new super i'm like this is great but if i spent a year being like i maybe i want this car maybe i want that car maybe i like those rims better i really wonder about what kind of audio system i'm gonna have well that guy has that audio system then inevitably when I get my car, it's going to suck, yeah. you know, and, and to the, to your same point, it's like, I could go out tonight, you know, I got a little bit of work to do. Maybe I'll just stay out. Ah, fuck it. I won't go out. And then your boy calls you up and he's like, Hey man, you gotta come out. Like, this is super cool. And you're like, I don't know, man, let me, let me text you a little bit. I got shit to do. And you could put it down. And you're like, well, I don't know what's going to happen, mm-hmm. but I like him. You know, I, I trust my boy, you know, he's telling me it'll be fun. So fuck it i'll leave it up to the universe you know i just think that's a that's a fair way to say it Mm. and then you go and you take that leap of faith into the unknown you're not going with expectations it's not the first model that we talked about where i'm going with my friends and i've picked them and we're going to go here and then we're going to go to this other place and it's going to be this and everybody's going to feel this way and then they're all going to clap when i say this that never works or if it it does you're just an asshole because you've told everybody what to do what works is we're like well, that place looks kind of funky. Like that looks like a fucking dive bar. I see like a dartboard. Like anybody play darts? Like, and then you go and you have a fucking beautiful time and you meet some person who knows somebody who played golf. You know, it, connect. Yeah. Like connections will happen, right? Yeah. And it's like, to what degree can we? I don't know. Just be up. open ourselves up. Open ourselves up is a, is, a, is a good way of saying. It. Yeah. And the reason why I defend cannabis against just looking at it like it's just something that just makes you stoned and then nothing's better. It's like I find sometimes and it's and I and I want to be really clear if anybody's listened to this if I know my dose if I know what strain it is if I've you know done my due diligence on the company that I'm getting the product from whether it's a little edible or you know whatever it does make me open up and it makes me open up in a really beautiful way where I'm like I'm like more I'm like more heart centered and I'm like more perceptive of how people feel. I'm not like neurotic about it. I'm not, I don't, don't, I'm like, I'm not worried about it, but I'm like genuinely caring about how I affect people. And it makes me softer and it makes me gentler and it makes me like, it makes me allow things to flow better. And I'm still like popping, like the ideas are still coming, but I tend to have really wonderful times. And, and that's not to say that I am, you know, wanting to have cannabis every day. I'm not because I can overdo it real fucking easy but I do think that cannabis just in and of itself, and, and this is no secret, like it's everywhere and everybody knows how good it is, but it can be, it can be really potent, especially for injecting that enchantment and magic and mystery yeah. if, if I don't know, if done in the way that it works for you, right? Yeah, but, okay, so I think it's, I think it's unique to every single person's physiology, right, and to like for, for as it applied to me in that that unicorn river context right it's not something that i can do and have be productive on the couch it's not something i can do and have be productive if i'm going out with my friends because i'll just be dumb and introverted um but if i just it's not something i can do and have be effective if i need to sit down and write like most people talk about oh it makes me more creative yeah it makes me more creative but not in like a cognitive way it makes it almost makes me more creatively intuitive so like right the river example like you just feel it yeah yeah my the way i felt the universe all of a sudden clicked in and i understood maybe it's because i've rafted and voted so much high <laughs> i don't know but like uh it, it 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 took away my logical brain and put me on a more intuitive uh it gave me a more intuitive sense of where I was at and uh, like the flow of what I was trying to do and it made it a lot easier and more understandable. And it made the experience way better. Like that was fucking sick. Like after after I I puffed and got back on the unicorn like like glitter of the unicorn like, yeah. like hammered down. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. sure the rest of that run was amazing. Like like, Glitter was glitter. That, 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 was the, that was the unicorn's name? Yeah, well, originally the unicorn's name was Horny, but <laughs> for editorial, for editorial yeah. purposes, I, yeah. <laughs> I changed it to Glitter. But, like, Horny slash Glitter pre-Bolsash uh, pre-bol was, like, this inflatable kitsch toy that, like, was going to get crushed on the river. But after that sesh, I like understood that glitter like 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 it sounds so cliche and corny. No, no, I'm following you. Right about it in the piece, but like literally glitter was then infused with this sense of so yeah, like enchantment and magic. It's it's funny that I was just telling you that like it never makes things enchanting or magical, because that's exactly what happened on the river that day. Like glitter was transformed from this inanimate piece of shit plastic that held air incidentally into like this, this like soul uh, like soulfully poetic creature of the river that like was from the, the mystical rainbow realm beyond. And, like, That's beautiful, dude. Was able, to, was able to like, like teach me something about the river and like get me to like, understand myself and the flow of the universe in a whole new way. <laughs> I like that. I like that i heard something i'm sorry it sounds so silly but like no it really doesn't and so like is marijuana a bad thing not all the time because sometimes that can that can be spurred into reality like you can have that type of experience but 90 percent of the time i'm not out discovering some new sense of wonder on a, a beautiful you know river in the teton wilderness i'm on couch or in the city like getting stoned and eating pizza and like, like so it should be used very specifically for very specific purposes, not the way that by and large our culture uses it. Um, that's just my two cents or my like. Yeah, I mean, I think that there's a slippery slope there just because you're, you're so onto it in, in my opinion when you talk about your experience, the pitfalls that you've noticed, the things that work that you've noticed, but but I think that you should be really careful where that slides into uh, what other people should do.
1: Yeah, so uh, yeah,
0: yeah. Well, obviously, it's physiologically individu- individual and unique to each person. And just being your friend for so long and knowing, you know, and seeing the effect it has on you, the way that you imbibe, um, as opposed to me, or like the way that some of my like close friends uh, can use it, I know some people who like are super functional they can like take bong rips and go to work and be cognitively you know in like high capacity corporate roles and they're like fine and you know it's so funny like when i've when i've taken a bong rip you know you know what I'm <laughs> like there's no there's no way i'd like go walk into a corporate office after like it's like just just like <laughs> like milk in a chamber up and shit. like you know, there's no way like dude. you just read it on my face <laughs> i'm at, i'm at the beach i'm with this dude matt uh chummers who i I'd, I'd worked at a at a sales role with and he had a, a friend that was working with him at the time i had not worked at the agency for a while and his friend god bless him I, first of all i had like a little like half of a Joint left, like very, you know, a couple puffs and I wanted to be, you know, inclusive. So I was offering everybody a puff and we were about to swim or surf. So it was like, you know, I knew I was gonna process and, you know, we were gonna have food after. So it, it was gonna be hours and hours and hours before I had to like deal with life, you know? So it was whatever, it was appropriate. It was the right time, you know, right place, right time. And I have to laugh because this motherfucker pulls out a dab rig. We're on the beach, like in beach chairs, like, wetsuits like halfway up like, bro he pulls out a blowtorch <laughs> and he's like gonna offer me a dab and I'm like bro just put it put it away like put it away like I don't I'm not in, like I don't want that shit I'm sorry like that's way 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 overkill for what I'm about like I'm not trying to dab right now like what are you talking like about the narcotic at that point it's what yeah what Or feeling like once you're like once you have a blowtorch yeah no, I was I'm not about that blowtorch life, dude. It's like um that's what I always enjoyed <laughs> about cannabis, that it was like this kind of friendly halfway drug. But then once you're blowtorching your dab rig, yeah, like No, it's full then, on. Then it's you like, might as well, you might as well just be injecting pots into your veins, you know. I might like. as well just be, yeah, you might as well just be spling <laughs> <scringing yourself. laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it was i it was like a it was like a culture shock i like didn't know how to have the conversation because i didn't want to offend him he was offering it to me you know and then it quickly became this like don't be a punk dude like what you know what you can't handle and i'm just like like i I don't i don't bite on those things anymore i'm too old for that shit but i was just like dude like it's your world man dab it up like there's kids on the beach homeboy's got a blowtorch and a bunch of glass pipes and shit it's like you know it's one thing to have a little thing you know like whatever yeah what? Well, yeah right and and homeboy's got a big he's got it in a cooler like he had to bring the whole paraphernalia and sit it down and like pull out multiple like sub packs and i'm just like bro like what you know so yeah, I think I think that the the magic of it and the and like the way that dude rogue like I'm I'm fanboying out on Rogan so forgive me but his um, insight on weed because because he, he 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 uses less words for things and I do value that because I tend to use way too many words but he goes weed's a tool it's like a hammer yeah. you can build a fucking house with a hammer or you can hit yourself in the head with a hammer it's yeah. up to you it's a tool and yeah. I'm like that's right and anybody that's smoked weed before knows yeah. that's right. And, and, and this is a weird tangent, but like, the thing that I think is so fucked up about like the federal regulation is the people that have a problem with weed have never smoked weed. Like, let's be honest, like, you know, Jeff Sessions has never had, sat down and had a session, you know? And, and it's a beautiful experience, isn't it? To be with friends, be in a circle, you don't have shit to place to be, you don't have shit to do. And it's just like, let's just flow, dude. And that shit gets passed around. And all of a sudden, everybody's on the level. And somebody says some interesting shit or somebody says some really sweet, heartwarming thing that, that they might not have said otherwise. And you're like, whoa, like, I feel the same way, man. Like, I love you, too. Like, I didn't know that, you know, like, word up, like, you know, I'm glad that you did that. Or I'm glad that you were there for me for this. or You know, and, and, and cannabis, for whatever reason, facilitates that. And yeah. to, to have that be lost in the weeds, you know, no pun intended, by just doofuses, who don't know what the fuck the deal is, is a real tragedy. But I heard, um, well, Graham Hatt- I'm sorry. That sounds kind of, it sounds kind of Devon centric to be like, like you know, you're think real, about, not someone else's real. Homie, think about somebody who's in prison. No, I'm talking about the guy on the beach with the dab rig. Like, maybe that's appropriate to him. Um, oh, oh, right. No, yeah, right. No, what I'm saying, what I'm talking about is the legislation. The fact that it's federally illegal and that people are in prison for it and that it does have this real beautiful side to it when used appropriately. And, and maybe that dab rig for that homie is appropriate. Maybe he has such a high tolerance that that's how he gets on the level and treats his, you know, people in proximity to him right. I'm not judging that. I'm judging that there's this overarching national opinion of pot that just couldn't be more wrong. it's definitely changing it is. It is. Uh, uh, Graham Hancock was saying on, on Rogan, and I, and, and uh, I, I apologize for just being a parrot, but like he goes, you know, one of the things that I'm really encouraged by in this country, because he's a Brit, is, uh, you know, the cannabis legislation has has said, no, we're gonna we're gonna leave it up to the people, and it started with the fucking states, and it's now you know, it's, and that's beautiful, right? Like the federal government has one opinion, but the people know the truth, and we're just doing it anyway. Fuck so them. Yeah. and you can't stop cannabis anymore it's and the mm-hmm. genie is out of the bottle you know and for good re- and for good reason you yeah. know a lot of people are benefiting from it and we obviously are struggling with it or whatever from from the way that we've described and have kind of found ways that work and ways that don't and that's that's good you know um, like the whole the whole dab thing or not thing. the whole um vape thing's been really interesting to follow because i encountered something similar um and this is to speak to like some of the negative consequences of legalization is like, we just haven't done enough science to really like, some people are gonna encounter some negative effects and side effects along the way. Like when I was, um, when I was living in Seattle, working contract last winter, I started vaping for the first time consistently in my life, THC capsules, uh, oil. And while I never got like pneumonia, I never got one of these like really bad lung infections you're, you're hearing about now, um there was a period for about like two to three months where like i couldn't take full deep breaths like it was like something was constricting part of my lung capacity and i had like maybe preliminary symptoms for what i've been hearing about is so so it's just it's interesting to hear that people are actually in the hospital now with more severe versions of what i directly experienced from uh imbibing in that manner on a day-to-day basis well so have you seen supposedly and the cdc hasn't come back yet but it's for it's it's due to vitamin e acetate hmm. have you read that yeah you got to look it up because I, I posted a thing that i had read on my facebook and kenny fam came up and goes what's mysterious about it because it was like the the the, the, the title was mysterious or mysterious deaths linked to you know vaporizer use and he goes what's mysterious about it and and i was like kind of indignant but i'm not going to talk shit i'm like well you know in the article it says that like these these terrible pulmonary disorders are coming people are dying and they're not exactly sure what's the the cause because Mm -hmm. to be to be clear you know is it is it an ingredient in in certain um you know cartridges is it is it is it just the, the the solvent is it the solute you know what i mean is it is it what's You feel me? So, and, and, and he was like, no dude, like I know what it is. And I'm like, well, what is it? And he sent me links. And apparently the, the best science coming out right now is that the thing that's been causing these people to die and I'm not, um, endorsing vape pens. I had the same, the same feeling. I was vaping for a little while and I do a lot of cardio because I, because my brain goes and doesn't stop. And the way that I calm myself down is I'll go on a bike ride or I'll go on the elliptical or I'll go for a swim and then I'm like chill I get all that energy out uh, and when I was vaping I noticed that uh, like on my exhalation I would wheeze I would like, <laughs> and I like couldn't get as much of a, of a breath in and sometimes I would spit up a lot like I would have a productive cough for my lungs so the same kind of shit um, but interestingly supposedly the the, the the thing that's going on is Cartridges are, are making their way onto the black market and they're being refilled. And, and one of the things that's being used for the, for the solvent, so they take like a little bit of, of oil, hash oil or, or whatever the fuck, and they put it in vitamin E acetate, which is apparently easy to get or, or what have you. I'm no expert, but this is what I've read. And that is is killing people. And he, he showed me a thing and it was kind of just like a hack news show saying it. And then I read another article about it that that said the same. So it may be that the vape industry is getting hit unduly and that like the reputable sources of these cartridges and shit are like are like healthy and that the ones that are sketchballs are the ones that are killing people. But I, I have had the same experience. I'm not about vaping. I don't doesn't doesn't give me a, a great high the way that like a, a edible capsule does. And I just don't like fucking with my lungs anymore. I heard yeah. something that, that makes me feel that way. And that is, you know, that the lungs are the most, uh, the biggest producer of DMT in your body. Hmm. Like like holotropic breathing and like pranayama and all that. Like there's a reason for it, like bringing about like heightened states is because you, you, you can manipulate your lungs ability to release DMT through conscious breathing. Yeah. So that's fucking interesting. <laughs> we were going to talk about REM sleep dude what happened I I, I mean we kind of we dipped into the sleep stuff I'm uh
1: I mean I'm we've been off. going for a while
0: but uh, we have going for like an hour and a half on this this record um I oh man I don't want to bite off REM sleep right now because that'll be another half hour of us talking. well just give me give me a, a one you know your thesis and I won't I won't you know fuck with it I'm just interested to hear what you think I don't necessarily have a thesis. Um, All I know, man, REM sleep is, you know, REM sleep to me is this insane creative driver where I can like compose songs and produce works of art just on a whim. And it's like, they're not even, I always wonder if like, like in the dream, I'm telling myself that the songs are like good songs and they're like, like full stories. And I, I wonder if it's a component of the dream itself that you think it's good um, versus it actually objectively being good. Like, like, I wonder if by it happening in a dream, you're naturally inclined to think that it's actually, it makes sense. The same way that uh, you flying on an elephant in a dream makes sense. You know what I mean? When you're dreaming it, you're just flying on an elephant. And it's not, very rarely are you like, unless you're a lucid dreamer, are you like, wow? I'm uh, flying on an elephant, and this is fucking weird. So I must be dreaming. Like more often than not, most people, myself included, are just going to encounter the process of flying on the elephant and say, and not even realize it's absurd, right? But that said, tangentially, the other thing that I encounter a lot in my dreams, which always occur in REM sleep, is I mentioned earlier how I. Um, I go play I've been to places in my dreams, I like encounter different geographic areas in my dreams. Maybe I didn't completely articulate that, but I have this whole like map of places that I know everywhere I go geographically in my dreams is connected. It's like like they're all part of this other world, right? And I don't know if you could literally get on a boat and go from this continent to this continent but like they all exist in the same world, so to speak. And so like I have dream New Zealand and I have like dream China and I have dream Tahoe and I have dream Jacksonville, I have dream, uh, you know, Washington, I have all these places that like idealistically uh, symbolically live in my dreamscape. And so like, I always, I always long to go back to some of these places because they were so beautiful and enchanting having visited them in the dream. Uh, And yeah, I don't know, I don't know what that means, but it's it's encouraging for some reason that like, you know, some dreams disappear and some dreams come and go and you'll wake up, you'll be like, oh, that was sick. And then later that day, you can't really remember it. And then other dreams, like I vividly still remember years and years, decades later. Um, and so I wonder what the difference is between those dreams that we hold on to and remember and we have like that IP address for versus the dreams that just fade in 12 hours or a day. You know? because uh, there's there's not too many in the middle where I like kind of remember it's like either I remember that fucking dream that happened uh the day after I broke up with this girlfriend when I was a freshman in college, or you know, I can't remember what I dreamt last night. I know I had dreams last night, but I can't remember them. Uh, so, you yeah, know, I'm fascinated by that. That's my that's my spiel on REM sleep. That's interesting. Yeah. I, I think it's a perfect juxtaposition to the way that you speak with lackluster about the the woods. Like, you obviously already like spoke about how magical the river is with with glitter, but like, I think the dreams are there for their their inspiration to you it seems. I don't know. Most most everyday like waking experiences pale in comparison to the ones I have in my dreams. Why? And I only say that not to not to like set you up. Like my intention is that I would argue like the idealized state is that the two are 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 on the same level, right? Because there's yeah no it's a great question. Um, There's like there's an intrinsic feeling that I come out of my dreams with that uh, fills me with a light or, or like an intangible feeling that I can't really generate uh, in real life. And I bet, lot, I bet you can't. A lot of times okay well maybe you can. no um, you you I bet you can't wake up and I'll like long for uh, a reality where that can be tapped into and touched. Um, but it's fleeting because it's part of the dreamscape and not part of the waking reality. Uh, and yeah, I haven't I haven't found a means to like tap into that very often in my waking life. I mean, sure, like there are moments when I'm like powder snowboarding when it definitely comes close. But again, we're talking about like the idealized version of an experience. Um, and that's very hard to create in this life, and yeah, I mean, we get, we go back to talking about expectations and experiences. I'm just trying to communicate to you, well, feeling that I have, uh, from dreaming and how, it's hard. Reality for me often falls short. Yeah, I think. I mean, the reason why I I press you on it is, I think that that is, is 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 the crux of a really deep thing that that is worth is worth delving into only because I think it could, it could improve your experiences. Well, with, here's the caveat. My dreams are largely responsible for all of the cool things that I've done in my life. So, uh, you know, when I was in my teens and early twenties, I dreamt about traveling to tropical places and snorkeling and scuba diving so to chase those images that imagery and those those dream experiences i went and had those experiences in real life and some of them came close to what i experienced in the dreamscape when i was living in china teaching english i had repeated dreams about and this was dead on like uh moving to tahoe and uh winter not coming to Tahoe (laughs) and then having to move somewhere else to a better place where there was winter. And that's exactly how that future played out. I moved to Tahoe for two years when I came home from China, uh, guessing my dreams were incorrect. And sure enough, we had two terrible winters back to back. And then I moved to Jackson and it was like a life-changing experience. And I started a new career and all that stuff. So like, while we can on the one hand say, Oh, like what sounds to you like, I'm just poor mean and victimizing myself and saying like, Oh, well, it's never as cool as it feels in the dream. That's not really what I'm saying. What I'm saying is like the ideal exists in the dream and those ideals inspire me to manifest uh, beautiful, wonderful experiences in my waking reality. But that doesn't mean that they're ever going to touch the perfection that can exist in the dreamscape, you know? It doesn't mean they suck. Like, yeah, I hear you. I hear you. That's interesting. Life is really cool, but it's not, yeah. it's never going to be the ideal because it's real life. It's not, it's not a dream. That's it. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, the Hindus believe it's a dream. Oh, or, well, yeah, I mean, we go. We get into like, simulation. I, I don't, I don't know that. I've just been listening to Alan Watts <laughs> and he says that shit and, and, and it, it, it makes sense. It's like, he has this thing. So I've been listening to Akira the Dawn. He's a guy on YouTube, and he makes, have you heard of that? Actually, I gotta, hold on, I I have to break in here. Go ahead. Because you just reminded me of this. So the other night, this was fucked up. What? The other night, and this is just an interesting story, but like, I don't know what we're gonna get from this. The other night, you know, it reminded me of Inception, but I had a dream inside of a dream, uh, like, inside of a dream? I, I I don't recall if it was the second or third degree, but, like, so I was in the dream, and so I was dreaming, and I, I got that much. And I was walking around, and I saw myself, not in my bed, but I saw myself in the dream sleeping. Whoa. Um, And so I walked up to Sam, who's sleeping, in the dream, first degree of the dream, and I, like shake sam awake and then i instantly pop into that sam waking up but i'm still dreaming like in now in the secondary so like but then i thought i was awake but i was still in that first degree does that make sense sure sure you know what I'm saying? i hear you yeah i hear you so like the 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 first consciousness vanished cuz i had woken myself up uh from the second layer and then I like popped into that perspective and I was like on my back sitting up. I'm like, oh, now I'm awake. But I was still one degree deep right. uh, or three. I don't, you know what I mean? It's like a weird. <laughs> right. Right. Well, I mean, haven't you ever heard that voice? I've had that. I've told myself that I'm going to wake up at 6 a.m. And then the next day at 5.59, at I very distinctly hear a voice in my head say, wake your ass up, Devin. It's six o'clock. And it's like, who the fuck is that? Mm-hmm. It's me. For yeah. sure it's for sure it's me. You're subconscious. Well, but it's like a super ordinate system. It's a system that's aware of everything happening. And it's it's I, like I, you can access that. Yeah. Um, and that's a fucking trip. Um it's yeah, like I think you realize you're accessing it. Um I mean, maybe you can. I don't know. Like, I I, I am intrigued with with philosophies and 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 systems of thought that integrate the magic of life because there's clearly exponential like you know in like am- amazing amounts of information about the human condition that we don't understand and the thing that's so fucking pompous about the western worldview is that we all we everything we know we know everything we know what everything's made of so we know how to manipulate everything and anybody who's ever done even the slightest amount of introspection knows that that's bullshit we don't know everything. We don't understand our own deepest intentions, our own deepest thoughts, and even to do that for a moment is like, oh, it's like a touching God, you know. It's, it's it's next level. And anybody, it's it's wonderful, right? You've done mushrooms, like you know what it is, you know, like never. to have never, right? To have those feelings of transcendence really give you a picture of of what reality really is, and it's way too much to bring back to you Know having breakfast at the office, but like, I am Before our universe started. I'll tell you right now. <laughs> tell me, I'm interested. Let's hear it. <laughs> I love how we were gonna end this conversation. Um, so I have this theory, yeah. Let's hear it. I pitched this to one or two cosmologists. You know, know, cosmologists, what fucking cosmologists down, do you know? I always chewed it down with like. One or two. <laughs> One or two in the weeds reasons why bullshit. Okay, the, they're just their math is wrong or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I have no mathematics on this theory. Yeah, yeah. Wish I'm telling me, but I think the way it break down was like, I mean, it's essentially multiverse theory, right? So what happened is what we refer to as like the big bang. Yeah. Right. Um. You know. The Big Bang stemmed from a singularity blowing the fuck up right mm. um, or not blowing up but starting expansion there's nothing to blow up into yeah, but, okay. but what that tells me is like the only other like you know point in the universe where we know that singularities exist are black holes right so what that tells me is that our Big Bang was just you know our universe is probably just the other side of a black hole that, that, you know, a massive collapsing star about maybe 15, you know, 14, 13, 15 billion years ago, that just compressed down into a big old fucking black hole, who knows how big. Um, And we blew out the other side or, you know, we're all inside of a black hole. That's, that is our universe. And that would explain cosmic inflation because, the black hole continues to pull dark matter and dark energy into our universe, right? So that makes you know it's like it's like filling a right. balloon there. That right. makes the universe what we perceive as our universe continue to expand because it's filling okay. with this other fucking dimension, dark right matter, dark energy. Um, but what the truly terrifying thought uh, reality of that is like if that's true. I mean, there really is infinity. And that if this is just one universe, every one of these black holes has another universe behind it. And then that universe has a shit ton of black holes in it. And each one of those black holes has a universe in it. And each one of those universes has a shit ton of black holes in it. And it's like... Right. If if we really... Fra- fractal, huh? Yeah, I think that's the deal. I think we just live in this massive fractal. And what does that mean does that mean like how many orders of magnitude above us are there how small are we yeah must like, must be infinite This like spatial plane is like kind of in the middle but like what if we're i mean like we are really small cosmologically but what if we're like really small <laughs> well well i think i think i think the way to approach the idea of us is that the material and the spiritual are inextricably or rather or rather uh, like fundamentally of different essences. So when you talk about scale in terms of material, you can't talk about us in the same scale because we we are we're, we're being channeled through the material realm. Like what you, what what is coming out of you in terms of the creativity and insight and thoughts and feelings is not just your neurology and biochemistry. I don't buy that. I'm not a materialist. I don't think you can reduce the self down to tissue and cells. I just don't think that that's what, how it works. I think there's an innate magic to life. And that magic is something that nobody can, can understand, but people can, uh, can feel it. And anybody who's genuinely felt themselves like Mac Dre creates art or great insight and pushes the whole species forward. Because that magic is so quantum, beyond anything that can be written down or communicated effectively, that to like commune with it makes you great if you can like give it to other people. And so, I, I'm sorry, I'm just saying. So that gives me like peace of mind when I start thinking about like the cosmology problem or like the 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 the, 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 the problem of like astrophysics, because it's just like. You, you can't get to life from chemistry. Like we try and, 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 you know, it makes sense that, you know, lightning struck a, you know, fucking pool of carbon or whatever the fuck is the, is the, is the, is the thought. But like at a certain point, you just get to nonsense. And, and that's where I get interested is like, let's talk about the nonsense. Let's talk about the dreams. Let's talk about feelings. Let's talk about the things that make no sense on paper because everybody understands them. everybody feels them. And we can build all of these mental maps. Like It's interesting that you talk about your theory of Big Bang because I've legitimately had the exact same thought but slightly different or rather a a very similar thought. And that is the way that makes sense to me in terms of all interaction and like the ether in which I think I I operate and everybody else operates because I'm of the opinion that like Gaia hypothesis I think is a fair assertion. The earth is conscious and we're just one little Action potential and the neurons firing between place and place. Like we're just a constituent element of this larger being. That's that's that you know, and that makes perfect sense to me because I feel like when I'm in the flow of of her, if you like, I'm a higher expression of myself. I'm like more effective. But by extension, like you're talking about, like the pulling in of 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 a great you know collapsing star into a black hole and then and then the big bang. I think I, I think it's a fair assertion to to posit that every star and every black hole are are connected like at terminal points that is to say like the universe recycles i think where things get pulled in they go out somewhere else in the very same way that we're animated by this weird concept of like we're hollow right like you look in the in the in the center of my eyes there's nothing there like i i may i may have this whole story about myself and my in my place in the world and my stature and stuff but the center of my eye is blackness and, and if you go into my mouth or my nose, where does it take you? It's out of my butt. Like, it's, it's, I'm, I'm, hot. we're all, hot. we're just built around everything, you know? And so the thing that trips me out is this idea of of in and out and, and giving and receiving and mm-hmm. like, and like gazing and then like perceiving. Like, it's always this interplay of, of yin and yang and in and out. And I think that the universe works that way. I think that. Everything that's expanding is equally balanced by things that are being constricted and contracted. There's, there's, and I've heard this, there's a, there's a brilliant guy that lived in the same time as Nikola Tesla. Uh, I think, I think he was Manley P. Hall, but it might be somebody else, but he wrote a book called the universal one and the, and the, and the, and and I won't keep going, but the anecdote that Tesla supposedly told him is, dude, you got to lock this book up for a thousand years until people are ready for it. But there's some little, there's, there's pages from it that are published and you can buy the book and he equates radiation with gravitation, that they're opposites, and that those are the two fundamental cosmic forces, that things are either pulling into form or dissipating out into expression. Like those are the two. I think your wife is knocking on your door. No, my wife's right there. Somebody else is knocking on the door. What's up? Hold on, we hold could, on, hold on. What's we Oh, Oh, I'm sorry. I did that. My bad, man. My wife's pissed at me. We didn't finish our laundry. Yeah, uh, I gotta go. Yeah. Well, bro, very fun speaking with you. Conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Let's do it again, and uh, let's do it. No, yeah. Let's let's uh, put another one on the books. And uh, if you remember, text me the name of that book. I'm fascinated. The universal one, I will text you right now before I go to bed. Love you, bud. Glad to see you doing yeah. well. Yeah. Stay up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go to sleep. So do. Uh, you know, metaphorically. No. Oh, yeah. No, great combo. I'll talk to you soon. All right, brother. Good night. Good night. All right. I just stopped recording. I'm going to end the meeting. Sweet dreams, my man. All right, dude. Have a good night. Peace.